First Thessalonians chapter 4. We started last Sunday night, we started a new series that we've titled Living in Unsettled Times. Probably one of the greatest things that we need right now is you might say some tools in the times in which we live to handle and to deal with the situations that we're in, but also to be able to get the gospel out, be a witness for Jesus Christ, and to do what he wants us to do. A lot of people are, are you might say, pulling inward instead of going outward. Last week we, we uh, preached a message we, called, we titled, I think it, we titled it uh, uh, something to the effect of uh, keeping your head on straight. And the fact is, it's being calm and looking at things from God's perspective and not ours. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'll read three verses here. And verse 11 says, Now God Himself our, and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, He may, esta- he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Back in verse 12 will be our text, and it says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in, one, in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Cultivate Compassion. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking for the hand of God in the services. I ask, Lord, for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Lord, because of myself, I am nothing and unable to bring forth what you want. Lord, it would be nothing more than a sermon. Lord, don't want a sermon. We need a message. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd give us something that would speak to our hearts tonight, that would challenge our souls, challenge us to live in a greater way for you in these troubling times and unsettled times. Lord, you have a work for us. It's not a time to be discouraged and down. It's a time to go forward for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. Bless now, Lord, I pray that preaching thy word, for this we ask in his name, amen. You be seated. We're living in these unsettled times, and we need to know how to move forward. I think sometimes, as I said, we sit back not knowing what to do, how to face the problems and the difficulties and the struggles that's out there because of all the different things. And, and, uh, but the whole, the whole purpose, and, and we've got to get a hold of this in this day and time. We've got to get a hold of the fact that it's about glorifying the Lord. It's about living for the Lord. It's about magnifying Christ. It's about seeing souls saved. Yes. This day and time, a lot of times we, we just kind of muddle through thinking, well, I just got to survive. I got to survive. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to, I, I, I. Can I tell you that it's not about I? It's about the Lord. And it's about others seeing Christ and knowing Christ as their Savior. If we'll take care of what God wants us to do, God will take care of us. Okay? And so we, many times we become scared or we become... Um, Anxious, you might say, or, or troubled about the, thi- the things that are going on. You know, one of the hard things to do in a, in a time like what, what we're in, and we see how the government is, uh, all the junk and everything. We see this happening. We see other, and all this stuff going on. And it's a hard thing to do, you know, but one of the hardest things to do is, in difficult times is to have compassion, to be honest with you. To be compassionate, to have love. For the Lord and for the, th- not for the Lord, but for, the, for others, that's when you go through this. You know, sometimes it's compassion for those whom you feel is wrong. Maybe those who are creating the problems 
or we feel they're creating the problems and uh, they're adding to the wrong that's going on. Uh, we see that uh, right and left. And sometimes, you know, we begin to label people, well, they're this or they're that. So, you know, and we cut them off. And I believe that that's probably the wrong attitude that we should be having in this day and time because I think it's an opportunity God's given us to be a witness for him. You see, they don't stand where you stand necessarily. They don't stand where you stand. They don't think like you think. They don't, uh, they don't have the same desires that you have. They don't believe what you believe. Many of them are lost without Christ. They may be harsh and they may be brash in their language and their actions. And it turns you off and puts a distance between you. They may even be crude and mean and, and disrespectful to you. And what I'm going to preach tonight is not condoning with them. And it's not compromising with them. And it's not joining in with them. But it's taking a stand, but doing taking a stand with a compassion. With a compassionate heart. You see, many will never pick up a Bible. Many of them will never pick up a Bible and see what the Bible says. And if they do pick up a Bible, many of them will try to twist it and wrap it around the direction they want to go. Okay? And I don't know about you, but boy, that gets under my skin. But the problem is, is that they need something very bad. They need the Lord. And for us to strike out with the wrong attitude and the wrong spirit is wrong. I think it was what's needed today. I think that we need Christian soldiers who are going to stand, but are going to stand with compassion. Amen. Going to stand with the testimony of the Lord. I don't think that we should give in. I don't think we should back up. I don't think that we should step sideways for the things of this world and the ungodliness that's going on. But I believe that we ought to stand with love and compassion. Demonstrating what the Lord has in our hearts and lives that we should have. You see, what they need more than anything else is to see Jesus Christ in you and me. Amen. To be honest with you, I'd rather hit them with that Bible sometimes than to tell them what's in that Bible. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I'd rather take it and swat them a good one. But that's not what they need. They need somebody to show the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I, I'm just going to open up here just say, you know, and, and I'm not, don't get, wrong, don't get me wrong what I'm saying here. I'm not against the vaccinations. If you want a vaccination, get the vaccination. But I don't want them telling me that I've got to take it. Whether I want it or not, that's none of their business. And the more they push on me, and the more they call me names, the gruffer I get and the more bristle I get, and the hair on my back stands up, because I ain't got none on my head to stand up. It's on my back, amen? <laughs> but you know, as a Christian... I've got to realize how to handle it in the right way. And 
don't get me wrong when I said it. You know, I, the vaccine, if you want the vaccine, that's fine. And, and, and I think some people probably needed some type of help. I've had the COVID. I've got antibodies. I feel like I'm strong. But what I'm saying is this, the way they are approaching us, and all of us get bristled, don't we? Do you ever stop and think about it? a lot of Christians approach the world and them the same way? And they bristle. It's pretty hard to bristle when somebody loves you. It's pretty hard to bristle when somebody truly cares about you and expresses it and shows it in the right way. And, you know, as far as a lot of this stuff goes, I'm not too worried about it. You say, well, you know, you may have to take that vaccine. Yeah, I may have to. But you know what? That's in the Lord's hands. I'm going to trust him all the way. But the thing of it is, is we've got a job to do here as Christians that's far beyond COVID. It's far beyond politics. That's far beyond who will be the next leaders of this nation. Because I'm going to tell you who the leader is. <laughs> it's Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's who I'm, I'm supposed to be walking in line with. That's whose army I'm in. That's who I'm to lift up and that's who I'm to exalt. And so how do we face these times? How do we face the struggles? Well, first of all, last week we talked about keeping your head on straight. And we're not going to go into that message, but this week I want to look at the fact that we need some compassion. We need to cultivate some compassion in our hearts and lives. Let's look at this first of all. Understand first the hindrance of Satan. We're in a time that you can call it politics. That is our problem. You can call it uh, whatever you want to call it. But the real hindrance is Satan. The real hindrance is sin. The real hindrance is coming from an, a spiritual realm and not the physical realm. Now, it manifests itself into the physical realm, but it is a spiritual problem that we're in in the United States and all around the world. This whole thing, and it always has been, has been a spiritual battle that man is in. And it's Satan pitting against them and trying to get them to fight with one another to keep everybody off balance, to try to keep people from knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior. To be honest with you, church splits and things of that nature, they come about because of a spiritual battle. And on goes the list of things. Well, Paul was writing to the Thessalonians here. and We got 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and Paul's writing to them here. And Paul desired to come to Thessalonica and to meet with the Thessalonians and give you a little going on understanding here. He desired, they was going through a very difficult time and they were, had some great questions and, they, and there was some false teachings going on and, and they was hurting and they was struggling and, and, um, and uh, Paul desired to come to them, but he was hindered from coming. He wasn't able to come. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 here, he speaks this. He says, but brethren, but we brethren, being taken from, uh, from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, 
endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. He said, listen, he said, we wanted to come. We wanted to be there. We wanted to encourage you. We wanted to strengthen you. We wanted to be there in person. But in verse 18, he says, Wherefore we would have come to you, even I, Paul, once and again. But the latter part of that verse says, But Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. In the writing of this letter, Paul brings out the desire to have, have, to have come to the church of Thessalonians, but he was hindered by Satan. The Thessalonians, as I said, they were struggling. But, you know, the, the fact is, is that uh, there, there's always going to be hindrances. There's always going to be struggles. There's going to be hindrances in, in your life, in my life. There's going to be hindrances in other people's lives. But the hindrances by Satan, in, in, or there was a hindrance in, by Satan, and the reason for that was to stop, to stop the testimony of Christ, to stop the work of God. To stop them from showing forth the love of Christ. To stop them from getting the Word of God out. To try and cause Christians to, to get wrapped up in the negativity of the day and, and fail to demonstrate compassion in the lives of those who needed Jesus Christ. If we, if we get so wrapped up in all the junk uh, and, and handle it wrong, I'm not saying, listen, it affects us every day. And you can't help but talk about it. You can't help but, but uh, you know, uh, take a stand in those areas. But we've got to do it in the right way. We've got to do it in the right way. I'm going to say something here. Uh, and just getting on Facebook or Twitter or something like that and just ranting and raving is not going to solve the problem. It's not going to solve the problem. In fact, it usually creates more problems. Now, you say, well, preacher, shouldn't we, shouldn't we take a stand? No, I think it's fine to take a stand say, this is my opinion, and, and you have your opinion, and you can voice it in the right way and say, here's what, here's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm, boy, I hate to bring the Bible into this, but here's what the Bible says. And I'm going to stand with the Bible, and you have your right to stand where you want to, and, and be kind about it. But some people get on there, and, man, they're calling them every kind of name in the book and everything else and getting crude and rude and everything else with it. But I think what's needed today is for people to see Christians taking a stand with compassion. With compassion. Taking a stand for the right reasons. You can take a stand because you're mad, or you can take a stand because it's right in your stand for Jesus Christ. That's just like a child. Uh, when a child does something wrong, and you discipline them. We used to call it get, get a whipping. And I, I would have prayed for the time out over the whipping any time. But you can, you can discipline them. You can whip them for what they've done. But you can have two attitudes. You can do it because you're mad. Or you can do it because you love them and you're training them. And what needs to be done is that you love them and you train them and you show them that you're doing it because you love them and show them that, hey, listen, there's consequences like we preached about this morning. That, and so I, I love you enough to try to, to discipline you to get your life in line so that you realize and you remember the next time not to do this. I see a lot of people yanking kids up and around and stuff and, and smacking them 
because they're mad because they embarrassed them. That's the wrong reason. It's the wrong reason. I'm not saying the kid didn't need discipline. I'm just saying that don't do it for the wrong reason. But the same thing, as a Christian, we should take a stand for the right reason also, and we should stand firmly with the Word of God and with the things of God. And I don't think we ought to budge, and I don't think we ought to back down, and I don't think we ought to be sorry for it. But I do believe that we ought to do it with compassion. I do believe we ought to do it with compassion. And so what they're needing to see, they're needing to, uh, we understand that we have these hindrances. You see, the fact is, is that Satan is trying to stop us from getting the gospel out. He wants Christians to get mad. He wants Christians to act ugly. He wants Christians to, to be like the world is. Because then we don't demonstrate Jesus Christ. And so we need to demonstrate that, that even when he hindered... Hey, listen, to be honest with you, hindrances should become opportunities for Christians. Opportunities for us to show what Jesus Christ means to us. To show this world what Jesus Christ would do. To show this world how, how that the Lord loves us. Even here, if you, if you look at this and Paul is, is writing this and, and uh, he said, you know, Satan has hindered me from coming to you. Did you ever stop and think about the fact that if there hadn't been the hindrance from Satan, you and I would not have 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. Two wonderful books that explains about the return of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, and gives an understanding what it is to be raptured out of here. Understanding of that the Lord is coming back for those. Uh, and, and on goes the list of things that's in those two books that, that we have. How come? Because Satan tried to hinder Paul, and Paul approached it from the right direction and wrote the letters and put what was needed for the Thessalonians in there. And what Satan meant for bad, God turned to good. And so we ought to look at our hindrances and our difficulties as an opportunity to further the gospel for Jesus Christ. Be honest with you, a lot of things that's going on right now, it just gets under your skin. But we ought to look for the opportunity to share the gospel with people because I believe with all my heart that the lost world is looking for some answers. I believe that there's, a, there's people out there that want to know what the next steps, what's going to ha happen, what's going to take place. I think there's people who are looking for some answers today, and you and I need to be the ones that are given the answers. And we need to be given it from the Word of God. And so those hindrances there, many times we, we fail to understand that Satan is trying to bring those, but we need to approach them. We need to cultivate that compassion of Jesus Christ in a soil that is tore up right now, that when there's chaos going on, that we can bring about some sensibility into people's lives. And secondly, we need, some more, we need more than just sunny day Christians. You know, when things are going good, it's easy to just, boy, praise the Lord and brag on God. But when the difficulties comes, it's a little harder. Look here with me in verse 12 again. It says, And the Lord make you to increase... And abound in love. He said, I want you to increase. And he said, I want you to abound in love. You see, in every person's life, there's going to be good times. And there's going to be bad times. There's going to be the cloudy days, you might say. There's going to be the difficult days. And there's going to be the struggles. But what this world needs to see is they need to see the compassion and the love of Christ when the clouds roll in. When the clouds roll into your life, when the clouds roll into all of our lives, when the clouds roll in and, and begin to uh, uh, hide the sunshine, that compassion needs to come out. 
You see, the compassion is not just shown at the door of the church shaking hands. A lot of times, that's where we're easy. Boy, we can put the smile on. We can do the praise God. We can shake the hand. But it needs to be even in our dark days when we don't feel like it. It needs to be an overflow at all times in our lives. Even the days when it seems like things have gone wrong in our lives, people need to see a compassion of Jesus Christ in our life. In fact, we find that the psalmist said in Psalms uh, 116 verse 5, it says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. That word merciful means full of compassion. Full of compassion. In Lamentations, and coming from a book that talks about lamenting, about the difficult times that, w- that was going on. The Lamentations there, and, and in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They fail not. So no matter what we face, the abounding love and compassion of God are more than sufficient for us to enjoy, but also to share, to share with others. It's not for us just to soak in the love of Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, you, we sit in this room and we sing those songs and we soak in the blessed assurance and we soak in the, uh, the Jesus loves me and, and we soak in all that and we're sitting there. But my friend, there's more, there's more than enough to share with a world who is going through difficult times also. And so as we face this world of the struggles and the unsettled times, They need to see that in our lives, and we need to share that with them. There was a lady by the the name of Shannon. Shannon was in the 11th grade. Name is is Shannon Etheridge. And Shannon Etheridge was in the 11th grade, and one day she was on her way to school, and she was driving, and she was putting on her lipstick at the same time. As she was driving along, she hit a bump. And, of course, you know, ladies multitask and everything, you know. And, and uh, she hit a bump and she lost control of the car. And she hit a lady that was on a bicycle. The lady on the bicycle died. The lady on the bicycle died. That was the beginning of a nightmare in her life. Number one, she now has this charge of manslaughter. Number two, she has to face in her life that because she was busy doing, putting lipstick on and everything else and do, instead of doing what she was supposed to be doing and driving, she was the cause of taking an innocent life. She was taken in and questioned, and of course they contacted the family of this lady. And what really shocked her more than anything else was that this man asked, How's the girl? The very first words out of his mouth How's the girl? Is she hurt? Is she okay? 
And she couldn't believe that the first words that come out of his mouth were those instead of words of hatred and animosity and so forth that went on. As the days went on and they prepared for the funeral, she felt like, I've got to go by this man's house. I've got to apologize to him. She came to the man's house. She knocked on the door. The door opened. Middle-aged, big, burly fellow standing there. She told the man who she was. And the first thing he did was throw out his arms. And took her and hugged her. And she began to weep. She began to cry and she couldn't stop saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This man, his name is Gary Jostifer. He's a Wycliffe Bible translator. And as he held her and talked with her and calmed her down, he set her down and he began to share with her about the life of his wife. And he says, God has something in this for you and he has something in this for me. And he began to show that compassion to her and she just couldn't understand it. He shared with her the legacy of his wife and he added, God wants to strengthen your life also. Shannon, through this. Gary insisted on all the charges being dropped against her. And he set out to develop her life in the Lord. You see, his compassion shone even when the clouds covered his life. It's easy to show compassion when everything's going good. It's another thing to show the love of Christ when everything's cloudy and not going so well. You see, you'll not find the compassion in the world, this type in the world, but only in Jesus Christ. What this world is needing right now more than anything else is to see this type of compassion. I mean, we're striking out at one another so much. You've got all the the, what the, that they've stirred up the, the, the so-called critical race theory and the, the racial tensions, and then you've got the, the, the sexual, whatever you want to call it, where they're naming 1,400 different names of different types of, of things that you can be, and all kinds of things, and you've got this party against this party, and this one's pitted against this one, this one's pitted against this one, and you've got these fightings and inner fightings uh, over the the mandates of this and the mandates of that and no, I'm this and I'm that and, and we have all these struggles going on right now and how dark clouds are hanging over everything. I believe that it's right to have and take your stand but I think it ought to be just like Gary Jostifer as he began to show that compassion 
and that love. Even though he had been hurt deeply, losing a part of himself, really. He knew what this girl needed was Jesus Christ. And he was willing to put aside his own hurt. I'm sure that that man probably wept and wept and wept. Yet knowing the love of Christ and knowing that God has a plan, he was trusting the Lord and he knew that the next step was that he had to help this girl to know the same love that he had. And the only way he could do that is to push away the hard feelings and push away the animosity and the lover. We find over in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44 and 45 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. And so there's those dark clouds and those difficulties and those that we face, that we need to show that compassion. Then I want you to consider the focus of this compassion. Look there in verse 12. Again, it says, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. First of all, it is a compassion one toward another, Christians to Christian and family to family. We're living a day and time when I am so saddened when I see Christians that can't get along. Who have hatred towards one another, won't speak to one another, whether it be a family member or just a church family member or, or whatever it is, you know, Christian against Christian and, and just the hatred there. Sometimes not even talking to one another, whether they be family or whether they are just brothers and sisters in Christ and that compassion's not there. The Bible tells us, Paul's saying that he desired for them to increase and, and abound in love one toward another. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21 says, if, any, if a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God... Love his brother also. Well, you know what? One of the, the, Jesus set forth a standard to, to his disciples, and this was really when they was in the upper room, just hours before he was taken and arrested, before he was going to be taken out and, and crucified. And one of the last things that he left with them is this. He said, I want you to love one another. I want you to get along. He said, how's the world going to know that you're my disciples? How are they going to tell except they see the love that you have one for another? We need that. We need that. In a world today when Christians are fighting among Christians, how's the world going to see that we're Christians? There's a story told, and I don't really know if it's true or not. It's a story that I had read at some point somewhere that 
There was a man that was sitting in, in his car and he was honking his horn. They was at a stoplight and it seemed like the stoplight was long and it seemed like, and then all of a sudden when it changed, the people that was in front of him, they weren't moving, they were sitting there and, and he was hollering out the window and he was making hand gestures, not good hand gestures. He was honking his horn and he was, 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 was cursing. And all of a sudden he looks up in his rearview mirror and there's a police car behind him and the lights come on. He pulls the man over to the side. He gets him out of the car. He says, come back here and get in, in my vehicle. He sets him down in the vehicle and he begins to run the plates and he gets the man's ID and he runs his, his license and he runs the plates and the identification on the car. He looks back at the man. He said, well, okay. He said, my mistake. He said, you can go. The man says, what mistake are you talking about? He said, well, he said, on the back of your car, it said that you was a Christian and that you loved Jesus Christ and had the little, the little fish that showed that you was a Christian and everything. He said, I thought maybe the car was stolen. Yeah. <laughs> what would happen if people seen how we act in public? Could they see the love? Could they see the compassion? Or would they think that you stole your car? The fact is, this world needs to see that love. They need to see that compassion in our lives on a daily basis. And you know, sometimes, and I, and I've got up and preached before, and I've told people, say, listen, if you're not going to, if you're not going, if you're not going to talk right walk, and, and try to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, don't tell people that you belong to this church. And they look at you kind of funny and say, hey, listen, it's like this. I don't want you to run the testimony of Jesus Christ or the church. This world needs to see a compassionate heart. They need to see one that is love and one that, that stands for Jesus Christ. That was the standard they said in John 13, 35. It says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. One to another. And how is this world going to see that there's a difference in the professed Christian if if in this very one thing, they don't even see us loving one another. And we talk about how God loves us. And during these times, this world is watching to see how you treat one another. The question is, are they going to see a difference? They need to. And truly, that's where it starts, but it goes on beyond the compassion that we have one for another. You know, it's a little bit easier to, to love these guys, you know, and to love one another. They're sitting on the front row, and once in a while I'll get a, amen. a very little amen, but I get a little bit of an amen out of them. And it's pretty easy to love them. It's pretty easy to stand at that door and shake your hands and to love you, and, and, you, and you put up with me, you come and listen to me preach. It's, it's pretty easy for me to love you. Now, it may not be very easy for you to love me. I may, maybe I'm preaching this to me. I don't know, but... The fact is, is that it's pretty easy to love one another in here in one way. But there's another one that he pointed out that we're to love, not just one another. If you look at that verse again, he said that uh, we're to show that love toward all men. All men. He said one to, toward another and toward all men. Even those who hate us and mistreat us, 
we're to show the compassion of the Lord. Now, did you hear what I said? We're to show the compassion of the Lord. I'm going to be honest with you. There's, I can't think of anybody that I necessarily that I hate. There's a few people I don't like. But I love them in the Lord. I want to see them receive Christ their Savior. I want to see them if they are saved. I want to see them get in church. I want to see them grow in the Lord. I want to see their lives change because I know that if their lives change for the Lord, it will bring honor and glory to the Lord. I don't have to like what they're doing. And I'm not supporting what they're doing. But I'll tell you what. Even this week, I, I, I talked to some, some different people that, that, be honest with you, are brash and rude and, and way out there on some things and trying to get them to come to church and trying to see them get under the gospel so that they can get saved. Asked them about some situations that I knew that was going on in their lives and, and uh, trying to encourage them uh, to do right, to, to, to keep their health up and keep them going and everything. And, and you say... Man, they're a rough person. If, if, I, if, if you knew who they was, you said, well, they're a rough person. Why would you even, you know, care about all that? You know what? It, it, it matters. And the reason it matters is because they need Jesus Christ. And they need to know that the Lord cares about them. How are they going to know that the Lord cares about them if we don't care? Matthew 5, again there in verse 44, all the way down through 46. Well, let me just read verse 46. It says, For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye, do, uh, have ye do not even the publicans the same? So if we, if we just love one another that love us, that's no big deal. But if you back up to verse 44, it says, But I say, and you love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm not talking about condoning their lives. I'm not talking about condoning their actions. But I'm talking about they need Christ. There will always be those that by the flesh we don't care for. But for the sake of Christ and His love to us and to them, we're to walk in the Spirit and treat others well because it's who Jesus is. He's compassion. He's love. And he cares for all. And so we should show that compassion and that love. Would be examples of that compassion. As the world looks at the church today, sad to say they, they, they're dwelling upon the headlines about this pastor that's done wrong and immorality and, and these people who have done wrong and in the finances, and these people, and, and all that. That's, that's how they look at it. What they're needing today is they're needing to see the other side. They're needing to see the picture that only you and I can set the examples of. Look there in verse 12. It says, And Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. And notice what Paul says. Even as we do toward you. He's saying, I want to be your example of compassion. Paul is saying, I'll, I'll lead you. Follow me in compassion. You know, this world and other Christians, they need to see that in our lives. Isn't it amazing how that sometimes we get around, some, you know, we can be kind of harsh a little bit and everything, and then we get around somebody that is showing love and showing compassion, and we begin, well, you know, and then we begin to kind of, it, it leads us that direction. We bring in kids 
every Sunday on the buses. And some of them, yes, I know they're wild, and we have to, to discipline, but we do in love as far as they might not get to come back if, if we can't control them. They may not get to come back for a while or whatever it might be. We might have to take them out of a class, we, whatever it is. But at the same time, understand this. The only Bible that they'll ever see and the only example of the love of Christ that many of them will ever see is on that bus, in that Sunday school, in that children's church, and in this auditorium. And that's it. They go home and it's a free-for-all. And even if they're not abused physically, many of them are abused verbally. Many of them are just let run wild. Many of them don't know what true love really is. It's just get out of my way and go do what you want to do. And many of them don't know what true love is. True love a lot of times is discipline. True love sometimes is saying no. True love is caring for those children and getting them to what is the most important thing in their life instead of just letting them run wild. Many of them don't hear about Jesus Christ at home. I'm going to be honest with you. Many of the kids that we pick up, the reason we get them is because the parents want them out of the house. But can I tell you something? I'll take it. I'll take it. Been doing this for years. When I was in Piedmont, drove a bus route did things to try to help promote to get those kids in church, knowing that even our buses, that when we picked them up, it was the same thing back in the, in the, in the 70s and 80s and 90s and, and, and so on. It's always kind of been that way, but through those years, I've seen kids get saved. I've seen some of them even go into the ministry. I've seen many of them, many times their lives change. They're in church today, and they're raising their families to love God and to serve the Lord. Why? Because Sunday school teachers and, and bus workers and, and just people in the auditorium. I've seen people in, in days gone by, and, and, and maybe I ought to push that a little bit more for everybody here. I, I see the kids a lot of times when they come in, and I drive the bus and get to see them sometimes. And so uh, it, it, it's, I, I don't stop and think about it. But you know what would be good sometimes for you just to stand down there when that bus or that van comes in and see those kids go, go in and, and just stand there. And as they go by, put your hand out and, and let them give you... And just let them give you five, man. I tell you what, it's just, you know, just let them, just let them know that you. I, <laughs> and, and, he's somebody else's kid. <clears throat> he say, what's the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. Nobody ever takes time for him to do that. That compassion. That's not that we're going to give in and just let them run wild and crazy. Jesus Christ himself said, Suffer not the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And not just little kids, but a lot of folks. 
You know, one of the things that every Christian in this room, we're mostly home folk here tonight. We're home folk, all of us. If not, if you don't think you are, you've already been counted as home folks. It's too late now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have the handshake. You know, one every Christian in this, in this room, we ought to get out of our, our pew, go shake hands, or at least before the services, shake hands, talk to people, get to know visitors. Get their name. You say, well, preacher, I can't remember the name. I can't either, man. So what I like being a Christian, you say, hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, sister, how you doing? <laughs> but it means something to somebody that you took your time. What are you doing? I'll be honest with you. You're showing some compassion. You're showing some caring. You're showing some love. So we need to lead by example. Paul, he thanked, he thanked God for them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. And you can go through that. I'm not going to give you all the verses here. But he prayed for them. He preached the gospel to them because he knew that's what they needed greatest in their life. He was gentle and he was kind toward them. He sacrificed for them. And what I mean by that is that he could have said, hey, listen, you all need to take care of me. No, he, he, made, he built tents on the side so that they, he wouldn't, they wouldn't have to... To, uh, to help support him. And he did it because he loved them. You see, how else were others going to see except we be the examples that we're supposed to be of compassion for the Lord, demonstrating that which the Lord has done in our lives. And then lastly, consider the effect of compassion. Look at verse 13. And this is really what it's about. He says, To the end... Otherwise, the effect of it. He may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even as our Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. The purpose, this is the purpose. It's that what we're to be loving people toward, that they might first come to know Christ as their Savior if they're not saved. And then beyond that, that they might develop a holy and blameless heart, one that serves God, one that seeks the Lord, one that desires to, the things of God, one that desires to please the Lord, one that desires to, to, to begin to share the same compassion that was showed to them, to others, that they might see Jesus Christ in their lives, to see a change. You see, Christian means little Christ. What we're supposed to be is we're supposed to be like Jesus, to imitate Him in every possible way so that we could be mistaken for Him. You say, preacher, we can never attain to that. This world has never seen Jesus, but the closer we get to Him, the better look they get of Him. How do we do it? By following His lead, by doing what He did. In Jude, verse 22, it says, And of some have compassion. Now listen to the rest of the verse. Making a difference. Making a difference. We've got to make a difference in this world today. This world's got to see Jesus Christ. The demonstration of His love and the compassion through, through Him and His will will make a difference in the lives of those around us. We're in some unsettled times. 
We've got to keep our head on straight. We've got to live right. We've got to think right. We've got to stay in the Word of God. But boy, I'll tell you what, this world's needing to see compassion of Christ. They need to see Jesus Christ and His love for them. And guess what? You and me, that's who He's chosen to show it through. The world's ripe and ready for the truth of Jesus Christ. We've just got to show it. Let's bow. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for so great a compassion and the mercy that's been shown unto us. Oh, how we need to demonstrate that and be that example and show it unto others. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I'm... I'll be the first to say we don't need to compromise. I'll be the first to say we need to take a stand. I'll be the first to say we need to, to, to get the word out. I'll, I'll be the first to say that, that things are going wrong, that I'm not going, there's some things that I can't stand for, and I, won't take a, and I won't go their direction. But, Lord, help me to do it with a compassion, a compassionate heart, one that demonstrates the love of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to be that witness and testimony that you might be glorified, that you might be magnified. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us tonight with your heads bowed?